Hey, this is Steve Durr. Today we're going to read Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 28 and going to verse 48. After telling this story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. And when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it's too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Then Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people selling animals for sacrifices he said to them, The scriptures declare, My temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. And after that, he taught daily in the temple. But the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the other leaders of the people began planning how to kill him. But they could think of nothing, because all the people hung on every word he said. Well, this begins the final week of Jesus' um, life uh, before his death on Good Friday and resurrection on Easter Sunday. This day uh, that we're reading about is traditionally called Palm Sunday. Uh, we don't see palms in this story in Luke. It's in the other versions. But here in the book of Luke, um, we see Jesus riding into Jerusalem as the Messiah. For the past 10 chapters, Jesus has been making his way to Jerusalem, talking about the kingdom of God, teaching about the coming kingdom of God, um, helping them with their expectations and correcting their expectations. And yet, in this scene, we see that there still is a lot of misunderstanding about what Jesus is up to and what he's ultimately going to do. Uh, Jesus here is riding into Jerusalem uh, as the Messiah, the promised Savior, the one everyone is waiting for. And he rides in on a borrowed donkey. Borrowed donkey. 
And then everyone here at this time, though, he's ex they're expecting a conqueror <laughs> riding in on a stallion. You know what I mean? Uh, but instead, Jesus is living out a prophecy from hundreds of years earlier, from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. And on Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, it says this, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Zion is like Jerusalem. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. And so here Jesus, the Savior, is entering into Jerusalem for his final week as the humble, peaceful, and yet will be victorious king. And he's coming not as a warrior. He's not coming bringing violence. He's coming bringing peace through his very life and the sacrifice of his life. The crowd of Jesus' followers are singing and they're blessing Jesus as king as he's riding on this colt, you know, down the valley, uh, up toward Jerusalem, um, Jerusalem right in front of him. And all of the, you know, the crowd of Jesus followers, they're singing, they're blessing Jesus as king, they're announcing his deeds. They're, they're, what they're doing is they're singing a psalm, Psalm 118. And it's a song of victory and praise of God who defeats his enemies and launches his kingdom. And so they're singing this song about God, the king coming and bringing victory. And they're singing this and applying it to Jesus. And that gets the Pharisees who are among the crowd uh, upset and uh, critical about what his followers are singing and how that is referring to Jesus and putting Jesus. Um, these are dangerous songs to be singing about someone. If the authorities hear this, they see Jesus as a threat and it will get him killed. And so the Pharisees are critiquing and critical and yet Jesus says, listen, even the stones would cry out to celebrate. And so as Jesus is making his way in the midst of this impressive moment, the triumphant royal entrance of Jesus to Jerusalem, Jesus is looking over the city of Jerusalem uh, in front of him, and he begins to weep. He weeps. Jesus knows what is to come, and his heart is breaking for Jerusalem and its people. Because roughly 40 years after Jesus enters Jerusalem, roughly 40 years after Jesus weeps over the city and warns that there will come a day when Jerusalem is destroyed, in roughly 40 years the Romans will surround Jerusalem and after a long siege will destroy Jerusalem in 70 AD and knock it to the ground, wipe it out. In Jesus... God, the king, was coming to his people and was weeping over the city for not realizing that God, the king, had come in him. And therefore, the people did not recognize the danger of continuing in their way of violence, continuing in not following their God-given mission of blessing. They were missing Jesus and what we, he was all about. They were missing what God was up to in and through Jesus, even though he was right in front of them. And that included Jesus' closest followers. And so the first place, you know, Jesus enters Jerusalem now after weeping. And the first place he goes to when entering Jerusalem is the temple where 
he finds people buying and selling in the temple courts for sacrifices. And I don't believe that Jesus is opposed to sacrifices. Um, but this was probably all taking place in the court of the Gentiles, more than likely in the court of the Gentiles. This buying and selling, this marketplace was set up. And uh, the, the court of the Gentiles was the one place in the temple for non-Jews, Gentiles, to be able to worship God. And yet they could not come and seek to worship God in this space because it was turned into a marketplace. This place where the nations could come together and pray to God was transformed into um, a mall. And Jesus uh, takes action and uh, speaks against them. And so all of this takes place, this action in the temple, this bold rebuke within the temple, confronting the religious leaders there. The words spoken of Jesus and sung about Jesus as king, as Messiah. The tense environment between the crowds eager to see Jesus pick up a sword and use his power to, to drive out Rome. And, and the rulers of the time wanting to maintain peace and prosperity for themselves. In the midst of all this action leads to a, a move by the leaders to remove Jesus. And in one week's time, they will. Jesus challenged the ways of the people, and he did not fulfill their expectations. And so today, the question for us is, are we willing to follow Jesus? Are we really willing to follow Jesus? I love that first, one of the first lines in what we read. It says that um, Jesus uh, went out ahead of, of his disciples, walked ahead of his disciples. And that is the posture and position we're to have Jesus out in front of us. He sets the expectations. He sets the direction. And yet so often we want to jump in front of him and say, hey, come along and bless my life. And that's generally what was going on at the time of Jesus. Hey, you're going to be the Messiah? Great. Could you pick up a sword and destroy Rome now? Could you do things for us? Could you make us prosperous? Could you give us victory? And here's how you should do it. And Jesus weeps because he says, no, you're missing it. And it's going to go very different. And at the end of the day, the way you're doing things is going to get this place knocked to the ground. And so the question is, are we willing to follow Jesus, even if it means that he's not doing what we want or expect? And will we follow him and allow him to confront and challenge areas of our lives at times that may be out of order? And then will we be obedient to bring them back into alignment with him? Will we have Jesus walk before us and will we follow? And so what is God saying to you today and uh, what will be your response? What action will you take? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your compassion, your humility, your love. We thank you for your power and for the fact that you are with us, living within us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, God, may we follow in the footsteps of Jesus today. May we set our expectations um, on you, not from ourselves, but on what you say through your word and what you communicate to us. And may we follow in your footsteps instead of seeking to make you fit into our plans and procedures. So lead us, guide us. Today we just say, we're your follower, you're our leader. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Have a great day.